In this message, we examine the seven facets of the Holy Spirit. He is one Holy Spirit whose seven facets describe who He is and what He does. As we develop communion and partnership with the Holy Spirit, we receive of who He is and manifest Him for who He is. We're going to continue our journey here as we learn more about the person and the work of the Holy Spirit. And this morning we want to focus in on seven facets of the Spirit. Seven aspects or seven facets to who He is. It's given to us here in uh, Isaiah chapter 11. So if you have your Bibles please, let's turn to Isaiah chapter 11. And we're going to look at verses 1 and 2. Isaiah chapter 11 verses 1 and 2. How many of you have been enjoying this, this whole study on the Holy Spirit? Yes. Have you been trying to develop some communion with the Spirit? Yes. Because I'm also very like, okay, let me try this out. Holy Spirit. <laughs> you know, you're trying very nervous. You know. No, just, just learn to build communion and partnership with the Spirit of God. He's a real person. He's here for you and me. He, we are the temple of the Holy Spirit. He dwells in us and He's in us. He's for us. Uh, he rests upon us as believers. Isaiah chapter 11, verses 1 and 2 says, There shall come forth, Isaiah's prophesying, he says, There shall come forth a rod from the stem of Jesse, and a branch shall grow out of his roots. So whom is he talking about? Jesus. He is prophesying and he's declaring, this is what's going to happen. There's going to come a descendant of David. And verse 2, The Spirit of the Lord shall rest upon him the spirit of wisdom and understanding, the spirit of counsel and might, the spirit of knowledge and of the fear of the Lord. So as he describes who this Jesus is and what's going to happen, the first thing he says is, he's going to come forth, this descendant of David, he's going to have the Holy Spirit upon him. And the Holy Spirit upon him, he describes the person of the Spirit, with these seven titles, which give to us these seven facets of who the Holy Spirit is. And we're going to examine each one of these seven with the understanding that this is the Holy Spirit who's dwelling in me, who's resting upon me, who wants to work through me. This is Him. And as I build communion, as I build my partnership with the Holy Spirit, then who He is is now released more and more through me, I can experience more and more of this Holy Spirit and all these facets of Him that are given to us in Isaiah 11, verse 2. Now, we need to emphasize here that this is one Holy Spirit, right? Ephesians 4 and verse 4 says, there is one body and one Spirit. So, you're not talking like, like seven different Holy Spirits or something, no, no. One Holy Spirit. Just that He has seven facets. Seven titles that describe different aspects of who he is given to us here in Isaiah 11 and verse 2. One Holy Spirit, but seven aspects or seven facets to who he is that we're going to examine this morning. And I want to encourage you and I as we delve into each one of these things, personalize it. That means this is he, this is the Holy Spirit who's in me and therefore I'm going to experience him. And this aspect of who he is, I'm going to experience him in my everyday life. Amen? So what you hear this morning is meant for what you do the rest of the week. Whatever you're doing. Whether you're in your school, your college, your place of work, your business. Hey, the Holy Spirit is with you. He's in you. And all of these aspects of who he is uh, is waiting for you and me to draw from and, and experience in everyday life. So let's talk about each one of these. What are these seven? Let's enumerate them here. The spirit of the Lord, spirit of wisdom, spirit of understanding, the spirit of counsel, the spirit of might, the spirit of knowledge, and the spirit of the fear of the Lord. Seven aspects, seven facets to who he is, but one Holy Spirit, one person is with you, is in you all the time. The Spirit of the Lord. Let's talk about the first one. The Spirit of the Lord. The word Lord there is the same Hebrew word Jehovah. The Spirit of Jehovah. The Spirit of the Sovereign God. 
That's who he is. It's telling us that the Holy Spirit is sovereign. He is self-existent. He is eternal. He is powerful. The Spirit of the Lord. He is God. Omnipotence is here. The Spirit of the Lord. Sovereign God. Powerful God. Which also tells us that there is no limit to what he does. And there is no containing of the ways in which he works. Right? We, we might think, well, at APC we do it like this. And the Holy Spirit says, sorry. I just step out of all your, your boundaries. Or some other church might say, well, in our denomination the Holy Spirit works like this. Sorry. He jumps over all these walls that we build around him. Because he is the spirit of the Lord. We can't contain him in our own little boxes. He's bigger than that. He's the spirit of God. And so we must be open to all of his ways and, and, and a, a desire to express himself. And we must be careful not to uh, criticize or judge the way in which the Holy Spirit moves. The way in which he works. Don't be too quick to criticize something that you don't understand. Don't fight what you... All right, I'm checking whether you're reading the book that I gave you, right? Don't fight what you don't understand. That's in Code of Honor, right? <laughs> so don't fight what you don't understand. And the Holy Spirit is moving. And, 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 and you don't understand, hey, he is the Spirit of the Lord. He's sovereign. He moves in wonderful ways. Ways we can't understand, beyond our understanding. I read, read of this one, in, one story of a preacher who when he preached, his sermons were very boring. I hope you don't classify me like that. But when he preached, his sermons were very boring. But at the end of his sermon, this is what he did. He would start dancing. He had the band going and he would start dancing. And just when he started dancing, People would come and give their come to the altar and give their lives to Jesus. There was something about that whole thing that he did. That just by his dancing, there was conviction coming on people, and they came and gave their hearts to Jesus. Now we, you and I, would find that very odd, especially if it happened here. Like that's very unusual. We're not accustomed to that. But hey, if lives are being brought to faith in Jesus. Please dance a lot. Dance more. So God just was deciding, God just decided to move in an unusual way through his life. In that manner. So what? It's okay. He is a sovereign God. He is the spirit of the sovereign. So we must recognize him as the spirit of the Lord. And worship him and honor him with that. We yield to his sovereignty as he chooses to work as he pleases and we also celebrate how he works through each one. There are diversities of gifts and manifestations as the Holy Spirit moves. And we celebrate that. Uh, how, how God, how he works and how he expresses himself. The spirit of wisdom. Next one. He is the spirit of wisdom. So the Holy Spirit inside you and me is the spirit of wisdom residing there. And, and, and waiting to empower us with who he is. Waiting to empower us with wisdom that comes from God. And wisdom is the ability, there's several aspects of wisdom. Wisdom is the ability to know and reveal the mind of God and what God wants done in a particular situation. What does God want to do? So the Holy Spirit reveals the mind of God. This is what you need to do. So maybe you're in your, own, in your own personal life, in a situation, you're, you're saying, what should I do? Oh, Holy Spirit, give me wisdom. Reveal the mind of God to me. What does God want me to do in this situation? He will reveal. Wisdom is also the ability to bring solutions to problems. So you're in your office, or you're in your, with your team at work, you're, you're, you're trying to solve a problem. Hey, the Holy Spirit is with you. The Spirit of wisdom is with you. Draw on that. So Holy Spirit, you give me a solution to this problem. It doesn't matter what kind of a problem it is. Think about Joseph in Pharaoh palace in Egypt. He interpreted the dreams and then he says, okay, Pharaoh, here's what you need to do. In the seven years of plenty, you save 20% of all the grain, put it in your barns. 
And then when the seven years of famine come, you sell that back to the people and people will have food to eat. Your kingdom will have money to keep going. So what was he doing? Providing a solution to a real problem in life. And Pharaoh says, I've never seen such a man who has this kind of wisdom because the spirit of God is in him. So in your everyday life, sometimes these situations, maybe small things, good, just learn to listen and draw wisdom in a small matter. Because if you can learn to tap into the wisdom of God in small things, then when it comes to even more bigger complex things, you, you know how to listen to him. He said, Holy Spirit, give me wisdom. How do I solve this problem? What is your solution to this problem? And then an idea will come forth. A thought will come forth. Uh, uh, an inspiration will come. And that will be the solution for the problem. But you and I can tap in to the spirit of wisdom. Wisdom is also the ability to foresee the future and determine what we should do now to be ready for things yet to come. Wisdom is the ability to foresee. Look ahead. See, some, some of us are not very good at this. And we need to work on this. Saying, Lord, I want to be able to see into the future. For my own life. What do you have in store for me? For the next five years, next ten years, what is coming? I remember in 1993, and I've shared this with you, but just good to repeat some stories. In 1993, I sat down on a piece of paper. I just wrote out what I felt in my heart. What is going to happen, what I'm going to pursue, what's going to be fulfilled in the next ten years of my life. I wrote it down. You know, of course, get married. <laughs> uh, move back to India. Start the church. Start a business. At that time, I didn't know what business to start, but wrote it down because that's what I felt deep inside me. I had no, not necessarily no clear understanding of how all that was going to happen, but I was just writing down what I felt inside my heart. I said, next 10 years, this is what's going to happen. Time came and went, and looking back, everything I wrote on that piece of paper was, was fulfilled. So that encouraged me. I said, okay, hey, if I can do that for that time, I can do it for another 10 years, another 10 years, another 10 years. So I, sometime back, I sat down, maybe a couple of years ago, I sat down, prayed, Lord, what is in my heart? What are you saying? What should I be prepared for the next several decades of my life? So I took out an Excel sheet, broke it down into decades of my life. And for the next four or five decades, these are the focus areas for each and every decade. Put it down. How did you do it? Listen to the spirit of wisdom. Holy Spirit, show me. What are you wanting me to get ready for? And in each decade, as I work on what I'm doing in this decade, I need to also prepare myself for the next decade. It will be so unfortunate if the opportunity arrives at your doorstep and you're not ready. Say, God, I need two more years, Lord. Please help. So much better. That you and I learn to listen to the spirit of wisdom and start preparing. I know these are things that God has set in ahead of me. And I'm going to get ready for them. Prepare myself for them. So when that time arrives, I'm ready for it. Amen. I believe each one of us can listen to the spirit of wisdom. Try it. Just sit down very quietly. Holy Spirit, you're the spirit of wisdom. You can show me things to come. What, I, what do you want me to get ready for, for the future? And... And whatever you want, just, just whatever comes up in your spirit, inside you. See, the Holy Spirit speaks to us in our inner man. Our inner man, our spirit has ears that can hear, right? So you don't know, you're not going to be looking like for some handwriting on the wall, some, you know, airplane going on the sky that <laughs> draws something out. You're not going to do any of that. You're going to listen to what ha comes out of your inner man and just write it. It's okay, you, you, you may not be able to figure out how it's going to happen. Don't worry about it. But this is what God is telling you to get ready for. Amen? And then you begin a journey with God to prepare yourself step by step to see those things fulfilled. The Bible does say that he will show us things to come. Things up ahead. So listen to the spirit of wisdom and, and work, cooperate with him. Um, learn to ask. And receive from them the wisdom you need specific to your situation. The Bible tells us in 1 Corinthians 12 and verse 8. He gives us a word of wisdom. Meaning just the wisdom you need for that particular situation. So you're in a problem. Holy Spirit give me a word of wisdom. Just, just for this one. Just for this. He's not going to give you all of his wisdom. Because his wisdom is infinite. And we can't contain it. But all we need is a little piece of wisdom. 
to solve the problem. So, Holy Spirit, give me a word of wisdom. How do I do this, Lord? What are you saying? He's going to give it to you. And then you act on it. You work with them. You partner with them. Are you with me so far? Amen. He is the spirit of wisdom. The spirit of understanding. Understanding means the ability to comprehend and grasp. He is the spirit of understanding. The Holy Spirit gives us spiritual understanding. The ability to comprehend spiritual things. How do you and I understand spiritual things? Not by our own understanding, not by our own reasoning, our own intellect, but it is by the power of the Holy Spirit, the spirit of understanding. See, the Bible says, the natural man cannot understand the things of God. The natural man cannot understand the things of God. So that means with my own mind, with my own, with the limitations of my own reasoning, I cannot understand the ways of God and, and, and how he works and what he does. But I need a spirit of understanding. And he enlightens my mind. He enlightens your mind so that you and I are now able to understand the ways of God, the things of God. Amen? So you pray. So Holy Spirit, come give me understanding. Now, we call this revelation the, uh, the ability to comprehend spiritual things. We call it revelation. Oh, I received a revelation on this and I received a revelation on that. Simply say, hey, I've understood this spiritual thing. I've understood it. In Ephesians chapter 1, verses 17 through 20, Paul is writing to the believers in Ephesians. He says, I'm praying that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, will give you the spirit of wisdom and Revelation. He's using the word revelation, the place of understanding. Revelation. In the knowledge of him. So if I'm going to know him, what do I need? Spirit of wisdom and understanding. How, will I, how can I know God? I can't know God because I figured him out in a test tube. I can't know God because I ran uh, experiments in the physics lab and figured out his length and breadth and height and depth. No. I understand God because of the spirit of wisdom and understanding. He enables us, mere ordinary people, to understand an infinite God. To be able to relate to him and say, this is who God is. This I know how God works and this is how God hears my prayer and so on. The understanding comes through the spirit of wisdom and revelation, spirit of understanding. And he continues, verse 18, that the eyes of your understanding being enlightened that you may know. So saying this Holy Spirit will enlighten your eyes, illuminate your eyes, so that you will know. Know what? Three important things. Know the hope of your calling. To know the hope of your calling. What you are called to. The hope, the future, the purpose of your calling. Who is going to help us understand that? The Spirit of? understanding the Holy Spirit. He's going to help me understand the hope, the future, the purpose to which I am called. To which you are called. So you and I begin to pray. And so Holy Spirit, you have the spirit of understanding. Pray this prayer for yourself. Help me to know the hope of my calling. What am I called to? What is the purpose of my calling? You help me understand it. And then he says that you may know the hope of your calling and the exceeding riches of his inheritance in the saints. That you may know that God has been enriched by you and I. That, that God has been enriched. See, God values you and me. You and I are his prized possession. And he, we are his inheritance. We belong to him. We are valued by, the, by God. And so he's saying, I want, you to pray, I want you to know how much you are valued by God. You are his inheritance. You're not just nobody. You're not just an ordinary person. You're not just, you know, a little piece of dust that's going to disintegrate and disappear. No, you are valued. You are his inheritance. I want you to know that. The spirit of understanding is going to help you receive that revelation. Understand. And then the third thing he says that you may know the exceeding greatness of his power towards us who believe. That means our understanding of the power of God. How great his power is at work in us and through us. That understanding comes from the Holy Spirit. 
So here's what I want to challenge you and I. As we learn to commune with the Holy Spirit, as we learn to partner with Him, we're going to learn, understand more and more of these things. You and I will understand more and more of the hope that He's called us to. You and I will understand more and more of the fact that we are God's inheritance. You and I will understand more and more of the power that, that is at work in us. And the Bible says this is the same as the resurrection power, the power that raised Jesus up from the dead. Amen. It says that we need to come to a greater understanding of these things. And the Holy Spirit is here to help us in that journey. He's a spirit of understanding. Next, he is the spirit of counsel. We talked about this last Sunday. He's a counselor. He is the spirit of counsel. He brings hope and encouragement and counsel and guidance when we need uh, in, in times of our need. So he's a spirit of counsel. As we draw from him, we can draw encouragement, we can draw comfort, we can draw uh, guidance, counsel from the Holy Spirit, the spirit of counsel. Next is the spirit of might, meaning power, strength, energy, divine energy, divine empowering. He is a spirit of power. We'll talk more about this uh, in, in weeks to come. The Holy Spirit imparts the power of God into our lives. And it can happen in so many different ways. Now think about this. Can you picture Elijah? He comes down Mount Carmel. He's about to rain. He's finished praying. He's about to rain. And uh, there are these horses, of, you know, uh, this chariot of horses waiting. And uh, Ahab has sent him, sent it there to, you know, bring Elijah back. And Elijah says, I don't need that. And what does he do? Just kicks his leg out, pulls up his lungy, tucks it in, and shoop, he goes. He outruns those chariot of horses. How does he do it? The Bible says, the hand of the Lord came upon him. And he girded up his loins. And in other words, he pulled up his lungy, you know. <laughs> he girded up his loins. And he ran faster than these horses. Now, that's the spirit of mind. Now, this is for us to understand that the spirit of mind, the spirit of power, the spirit of strength can supernaturally energize us at all times. In, in, any, in anything that he wants us to, to get done, he can energize us to do that. Amen. We just be open to the Holy Spirit at work. He can quicken our mortal bodies. He can give life to our mortal bodies. He can impart strength and energy to our bodies. That's the Holy Spirit. Amen? So just be open to the working of the Spirit. Think about Samson. Time and time again, the Bible says the Spirit of the Lord came upon him and he killed all these Philistines. The Spirit of the Lord came upon him and he killed all these Philistines. And you and I may not necessarily be in that kind of situation, but the point is the Holy Spirit can empower us in the natural. The Spirit of my power, strength. And also... The working of signs and wonders and miracles. He is the same Holy Spirit through the life of Jesus, through the book of Acts, who is here today. He hasn't changed. That's why you and I must desire the Holy Spirit to flow through us. Lord, release your power. Work signs, wonders, and miracles through my life. Amen. We are just like electric wires. We just transmit his energy, his power. Amen. Faith is like the switch. So every time you act on faith, you take a step of faith, you're turning on the switch. His power can flow. This great story of John G. Lake, and, uh, who's known as an apostle to Africa. He was actually, a, uh, I forget the year, uh, the year in which he was ministering. I think it was in the 1800s. I could be wrong on that. But anyway, his story is he was, he was a lawyer in Chicago and he was doing really well in his business. Prospering at that time. But he got touched by God. He got touched by the Holy Spirit. And his heart was crying out for souls. So he sold everything he had, packed up his family, and went off to South Africa. And when he arrived there, John G. Lake, when he arrived there, uh, as he started ministering, there was this great plague that was, that was going around at that time. But it was in the middle of that plague that John G. Lake was ministering and healings and healings began to take place through, through, uh, through his congregation, through people in his congregation. Mighty healings. And in five years, more than 1,000 churches were planted throughout South Africa. 
And one of the notable things John G. Lake said was, the life of God is in me. So nothing, no sickness can disease touch me. And he challenged the people. Now, I'm not telling you and me to do it. He did it because he had the faith and the courage to do it. He believed in the word. But he challenged the people. You know, they came to him and said, John G. Lake, you're praying for all these people who are so diseased. And, and how come you have the courage to go in and touch them because others are getting affected? How is it not affecting you? Then he said, okay, you want to see what's happening? I believe the spirit of life is in me. The Holy Spirit is in me. I believe that when those disease germs touch my body, they die. You can see it. So he challenged them. And this is what he challenged. They came and put that, whatever that, uh, up, you know, uh, part of that plague. They came and put it on his hand. They watched under the microscope and they saw those organisms die. Now that's the story of John G. Lake. Then he went back to the United States, uh, to the Washington area. And he set up what is known as a healing room. So today you may be familiar with the ministry of the healing rooms. But it was started by John G. Lake. And, and, and it was recorded that in, a, in I think it was a one year period or two year period. More than 50,000 or 100,000 recorded documented healings took place in, when he was there. Through the healing rooms. It was amazing. Why? Because one man believed that the Holy Spirit is the spirit of power. He believed it. And so he went out and just began to pray. And I want to encourage you and I, whenever we get an opportunity, let's pray. Let's make a demand. Say, Holy Spirit, come. You're the spirit of power. Flow through my life. Amen. The other day, sometime back, I was in the airport. Like I rushed off from here. I went to the airport. I was just waiting to board the flight. Waiting in front of the terminal. I saw this guy sitting there. And he, was, he just kept on jerking. Every few seconds he would jerk. And so I knew something was wrong with him. So I said, okay, here's an opportunity. Why not? Pray for him. Do something. I mean, after all, the Holy Spirit is in us. So I went and sat next to him. Maybe, you know, we're just waiting for a few minutes to board. I quickly introduced myself, asked him who he was, what he does. He was running casinos out in the Philippines and in charge of many casinos. He just come back to, he's going home to Mangalore for a little break and he's going to go back there. All of, all of that quickly. And I said, you know, I see you have a problem. Uh, then he said, yeah, and then he told me a little bit about his disease. And I said, you know, I'm a, uh, I'm a preacher, I'm a pastor, can I pray for you? He was okay. So I just prayed for him. Now, nothing immediately happened, but I stepped out to minister in the power of the Holy Spirit. I don't know what happened to him after that. I don't know where he is, what he's doing. Nothing. He must have gone back to wherever he was, but... But I reached out and just said, Lord, you care. Now, some of us might say, you know, oh, but he's not a believer. How could you pray for an unbeliever? Do you know that every person that Jesus healed before he died on the cross was an unbeliever? Every person healed in the ministry of Jesus was not a believer? Meaning, they weren't saved. Because Jesus not yet died on the cross. But he healed them all. So why shouldn't you and I step out? So I want to encourage you, whatever opportunity you get, hey, the spirit of might is with you. You and I are just earthen vessels. Why not step out? I remember this one incident very clearly. I was in 11th grade here studying in Bishop Cotton's. And uh, one of my classmates, and if I remember his name correctly, his name was Anil. And uh, he had this collection of water in his knee. And so for many weeks he would come and a lot of pain with his bandage around his knee. Was, I mean, he took time off from school and then he came back and I saw him uh, it, was, it was really hurting really bad, this, this whole collection of water or fluid here in his knee. And he, he could hardly walk. So I went up to him. I said, Anil, it's the end of class. Everybody had gone, only he and I. Anil, can I pray for you? And, you know, by the time they all knew this, this guy, you know, uh, that he preaches and he prays and all that. So he said, yeah, pray for me. No problem. So just laid hands. I remember I'm 11th grade. I haven't been to Bible college I'm not ordained, not licensed, not certified, nothing. Right? Just an ordinary schoolboy. So I laid my hands on him and just did what I knew I had to do. In Jesus' name, I command this fluid to go and I command this need to be healed. Nothing happened right then. He went to him. The next day he came back perfectly healed. Completely healed. Gone. Something that was there for weeks had gone. It was just simply stepping out in little faith. Just whatever faith I had, whatever I knew about God. But God was faithful to do that work. So I want to encourage all of us, you know, we have 
plenty of opportunities to demonstrate the spirit of might. Step out. He said, what if nothing happens? Don't worry. Keep trying. We're just learning to be good channels of his power. We're just learning how to let the Holy Spirit be who he is through us. Do we always see every person healed? No. Do we always see every time an instant miracle? No. But we don't give up because we know he doesn't change. We just need to learn, need to, learn to be better channels of his power. So we're just working and learning. Holy Spirit, teach me how to do this better. Teach me, where did I miss it, Holy Spirit? But just keep going because I know he is the spirit of power. Amen? So I encourage all of us, young and old, big and small, however we are, the Holy Spirit is a spirit of might. He's with you. Just go out there. Reach out to somebody. So Holy Spirit, come. Just release some of your power, some of your energy into this person. Uh, he needs to be healed. He needs to be delivered. He needs to be bondage bro to be broken. Whatever the spirit of might wants to release himself through you and me. Amen? Last two things here. The spirit of knowledge. He reveals the knowledge of God to us. He reveals the things that God has prepared for each of us. First Corinthians chapter 2 verse 9 and 10 says, verse 9 says, things that eyes haven't seen, which ears haven't heard, such things God has prepared for you and me. And then God reveals them to us by his Holy Spirit. So God reveals the things he's prepared for us. He reveals them to us. He reveals the knowledge of God to us. Things for your own life, you listen. Many times when ministering to people, there are things that we know nothing about them. And suddenly the Holy Spirit begins to reveal things, facts about their life. So I begin to say, you know, this has happened in your life. This has happened in your life. This has happened in your life. Wow, how do you know that? Not by my own understanding, but the spirit of knowledge. He knows the things that have taken place in their lives, in their past. And he knows what's going on. Amen? I remember once, and maybe uh, uh, some, I don't know, some of you might remember, we were having these outpouring meetings. And... Uh, uh, we were having this uh, service going on and uh, this was in our Bible college one particular evening. We were just worshiping God. At the end of the worship, uh, I just came forward to the mic. I was just, at that moment I had a little picture of somebody doing a business deal, giving some money and things are going to be a problem. So at that very moment, I began to say, there's someone here, you just come in from a business meeting. As I'm saying that, this person's walking into the meeting. And I'm just saying, there's somebody here, you've just come in from a meeting. You were going to give so much, so much, a certain amount of money. But God is saying, don't do that. Now, how would I know something like that? We were all in worship. But there is the spirit of knowledge. He knows everything. He knows whatever has happened. He knows whatever is going on. He can reveal. Now, he's not going to reveal everything about every person's life. He gives us a word of Knowledge, meaning that little piece of information he wants you to speak about or do something with. And so as I said it, this person is walking in and he hears this. And he has just come from a business meeting where these people who are talking to were asking him to make a certain amount of money as a payment. And here he is walking in and he hears this thing. And he obeys the word of the Lord, of course. And it saves him that much of money and problems. Amen. What is it? It's the word of knowledge. Imagine Jesus there at the well of Samaria. He's tired. He's had a long day's work, a walk, and he's there sitting by the well. And here comes this woman to draw water. And he asks her for a drink. And, and, and this woman, you know, initially says, you know, how can you, being a Jew, ask me a Samaritan for water and all of that. So Jesus talks to her, talks her a little bit about living water. And then he says this. He says, go call your husband. She does the normal thing. She says, I don't have any husband. And Jesus says, you truly said you don't have a husband because the man you're now living with is not your husband and you've had five husbands before this. And that must have sh shaken her up real bad. <laughs> Could shake anybody up. Whoa, how did you know this? I mean, you weren't even living around my town. How did you know this? This is a spirit of Spirit of knowledge, the same Holy Spirit operating through Jesus, operating through you, through you and me. And what does the woman say? This says, come and see a man who has told me all that I've ever done. 
No, no, no. Jesus didn't tell you all that you ever did. He just said this one little thing in your life, but it shook her so much. She went and called her whole village, come and see a man who's told me everything I ever done. But how powerful that is, that, 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 that word of knowledge being released can shake somebody's life and, 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 and just amazing things can happen. And that Holy Spirit is there with you and me. Amen. Sometimes he might just prompt you, call so and so, they're not, they're feeling really down. So what is that? The spirit of knowledge telling you something about somebody. You say, but holy, uh, I don't like that person. Hey, that person's life might be at stake. So just call that person. The spirit of knowledge, revealing knowledge, facts to you. For you to pray. And, and, and there's been so many examples, little things, little things that can just alter somebody's life, just change somebody's life with that word of knowledge. You can just bless somebody. Amen. The spirit of God, he is the spirit of knowledge. And lastly, he is the spirit of the fear of the Lord. That means he is the Lord, spirit of God, who brings the reverence of God into our hearts. He brings reverence for God and relationship with God into our hearts. He's the spirit of the fear of of the Lord. For the unbeliever, he brings about conviction, the fear of God, by bringing conviction of sin, righteousness, and judgment. He has the Spirit of the Lord. So many times, uh, and I encourage you to do this as well, as I drive through the city, I just cry out for the souls. I said, God, there are so many people here who need Jesus. And so, Holy Spirit, come, rest upon this area, hover upon this area. So what do you mean? In Genesis 1 and verse 2, the Bible says that the earth was without form and void and darkness was on the face of the deep and the Spirit of God moved, hovered over the face of the waters. That means this vast expanse of water at that time, uh, the Holy Spirit moved over them, over the whole vast expanse of water. And then the word was sent, let there be light. Things happen. So we invite the Holy Spirit, come, just move upon this vast expanse of people, this whole community, this whole area. Holy Spirit, come as the spirit of the fear of the Lord to bring conviction of sin and righteousness and judgment. Spirit of God, you have to do this. Because we can't convict anybody. We can argue, but argument is not the same as conviction. We can debate, but debating is not the same as conviction. Only the Holy Spirit can convict. Amen? So we need to invite the spirit of the fear of the Lord. Holy Spirit, come. Just move upon this community. Move upon these people, Lord. I'm praying that you'll bring the fear of the Lord on their hearts. That they'll have conviction of sin, righteousness, and judgment. Now the same Holy Spirit, the spirit of the Lord working in you and me as believers. He brings for the believer. He leads us into deeper reverence and worship and obedience to God. He is the spirit of the fear of the Lord. When he moves upon us, we stand in awe, we stand in reverence, we stand in worship. Holiness becomes so important to us. The spirit of fear of the Lord. Amen. This is the same Holy Spirit. So this morning, I want to encourage you and I. And we've talked about seven facets, seven aspects of who the Holy Spirit is. He's one spirit, but he's all of this. And he resides in you and me. He is upon you and me. He is with you and me. To manifest himself in this world. So learn to draw on him. In your workplace, in your school, in your studies. In everything he's with you. He never leaves you saying, okay, study. You do on your own, man. I, 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 I can't handle Hindi, you know. <laughs> he doesn't do that. He's with you. You draw from him. Holy Spirit, you're the spirit of wisdom, of understanding, of knowledge, of power, of counsel, of the spirit of the Lord, the sovereign God, the spirit of the fear of the Lord. I want you more. I want more of you working in my life. Amen. Build that communion. Draw from who he is and reveal him to the world. Jesus will be glorified. If there are people here, you've come this morning and, and in the situation that I sense in my spirit uh, has to do with your, your, your property 
uh, and it has to do with a very difficult situation where um, uh, transaction concerning your property, your own property, transaction concerning your property is, is being hindered, is being, there's trouble in that area. It's your property, you're, you're trying to sell it or something, but the, there's a problem concerning transactions, concerning your property. I don't want to embarrass anybody, but if you're here and, and that's you, we just want to bring the power of God into your situation. So I'm going to uh, ask you, you know, in a few minutes, we're going to ask you to raise your hand and we're going to have people come and pray with you, right? So no, 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 we're not going to embarrass anyone, but just, I believe God's just, just want to, wants to do something there for you. And we believe God uh, to release uh, his power in that circumstance, in that situation. Just want to pray also pray for, um, for ladies here, mothers here, and, 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 and you're really troubled, you're very concerned uh, uh, about your child, and it's most likely a son, but it could be any one of your children, but there's this really burden in your heart concerning them. I'm not just talking about just an ordinary thing, you know, just misbehaving, but, but there's just this real burden in your heart concerning your children. Uh, there's been a lot of conflicts, especially recently, and you're troubled uh, concerning your, your, your children. There's been a lot of conflict in that area there. So we want to pray for you as well. I want to pray for you as well. Father, we just thank you. We just thank you, God, for this morning. And Holy Spirit, you're here. You're so powerfully here, God. And you want to manifest your power. You man want to manifest your work and who you are and, 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 and what you do, Lord God. You just want to manifest your glory in this place. So we just ask that you will Move powerfully amongst us, Lord God. Move powerfully in this place. We give you thanks, O oh God. We just give you thanks. Thank you, God. There's also maybe one or more people here concerning your workplace situation. And uh, just, in, just recent situation where you've, you've had a lot of conflict with your immediate boss. And there's been an exchange of words which is very unlikely to take place inside a workplace situation, but it's happened. It's a very unfortunate situation that there's been a verbal exchange of words in right there, in, in the office. It's happened. And uh, it's a recent situation. And you're just ashamed about it, but it's happened. There's a lot of fear. There's a lot of um, anxiety concerning that. We just want to pray with you on that. God will just bring peace and, and just bring reconciliation there with your boss at your workplace and uh, there'll be healing there. We just thank you, God. We thank you, God. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Right, so if you identify by any one of these three things we just mentioned, just raise your hand. I'm going to have people around you come and pray with you. Just raise your hand. There are people there people there. Just, just raise your hand. Just don't be ashamed. It's not to embarrass anybody. We're just going to pray with you. Right? So if you see people raising up hands, then I just want you to turn around and just go with them. Brother, sister, just go. Just believe. You just go to with them and just pray. It's okay. What, what happened? I'm going to pray with you. And just pray a simple prayer. You know, God, God is not so complex. Just pray simple prayers. Come. I need, we need some people. There are two hands over here. Just go. Please pray with them. I see another hand there. Just look around, please. I just go to them and say, what is it about? I want to pray with you. There are people up on the balcony as well. Come on, just, just go to them. Brothers, sisters, go to them and say, I'm going to pray with you. Just ask them one word, one sentence. What is it about? So you know what it's about. They just begin to pray and say, God, I pray a miracle. I pray a peace. I pray a resolution to this problem, Lord God. Let's pray. Father, we just thank you that you are a supernatural God. You're a powerful God. And Father, Lord, even concerning the transaction, concerning the property, whatever that complex thing is, Lord, we're asking for your divine intervention. We ask you for the mind of the Lord to be released. We ask you for the wisdom of God to come forth and bring a solution to the problem of God so that your child or your children in this place will come out knowing that the Lord has done an amazing work, that the Lord has fought the battle for them, the Lord has brought his wisdom in there and solved that problem for them, oh God. Lord, we pray for uh, the parents, oh God, who have just been having the conflict at home and with the children. We're just praying, oh God, for your divine mercy and your intervention there to bring healing, oh God. 
to turn the hearts of the parents to the children, the children to the parents of God. We break the curse and we release blessing in the name of Jesus. Holy Spirit, release your blessing right there into those homes of God. Uh, of these mothers and these parents who, who are crying out for their children and see this conflict turn around into a blessing, God, in their home. We pray for this, Father. And Lord, we pray for that, that one individual and maybe more, God, who've had that recent uh, flare-up in the workplace, oh God, for whatever reason. Uh, God, we're praying for supernatural healing. We're praying for peace and reconciliation and a good understanding to come in that relationship with their boss and that it'll, be, it'll turn around to be a blessing, God. Uh, for them and for the company that you will divinely intervene father for this situation we give you thanks to God we give you thanks father we give you thanks Lord God we praise you God we praise you we praise you we praise you we honor you Jesus we worship you Jesus we worship you we're going to just worship God for a few moments before we dismiss and I want you to just, just, just worship him let him minister to you let him minister to you
Thank you, Lord God. Thank you. Father, we're just praying that every person here, oh God, will be so empowered by your Holy Spirit that when we go out into this world, in our homes, in our places of work, and out on the streets, and in the restaurants, and in our schools, in our colleges, everywhere, God, that the Holy Spirit will empower us and work through our lives to glorify Jesus Christ. Through each one, Father, let Jesus be honored. Let Jesus be exalted and glorified, we pray. Before we close this morning, there's any person here that you've never received the Lord Jesus Christ and asked Him to come into your heart and forgive your sins. But standing here this morning, you know that you're standing in the presence of God. And you know that there is sin in your life. And you know that you want to get rid of it, but you don't know how to get rid of it. The Bible says that Jesus Christ died for us on the cross so that our sins could be forgiven. He buried, he was buried, and he rose up again. He's alive today. And the blood of Jesus Christ washes all our sins away. Whoever believes in him receives forgiveness of sins. Even if there's one person here who feels in your heart that I want to receive, I want Jesus to come into my life, forgive my sin and make me a new person today. Would you just pray this prayer with me right where you are? Would you just say with me, Lord Jesus, come into my life. Forgive my sins. Make me a child of God and help me to follow you the rest of my life. I ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. We trust that this message was a blessing to you. We'd love to hear from you. You can email us at contact at apcwo.org. Also, visit our website www.apcwo.org for additional resources. Thank you for listening and God bless you.